Welcome to Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just sway your mind. Here, we take that second chance for you, and let you know our opinions on if a show deserves more than just one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Sinryu Girl. Sinryu Girl is a anime. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way. First, it's an anime, and it's available on High Dive. I'm not sure who the publisher was or the writer is. I don't know any of that for this for this anime in particular, but it is available on High Dive, which is you can get as a part of a subscription to Verve, which is just a packaged version of Crunchyroll, High Dive, Rooster, Rooster Teeth, Teeth, and at least one or two other things. Mondo Hangover, I think. That sounds right. The first episode of this show in particular is called Poem One. The 575 girl. So, before we dive into the show, do we want to go over, like, what the idea of the show is? Yeah, the basic conceit is that our main character is a girl who only speaks in Sinryu poems. So, 575. You mean haikus? I mean Sinryu because it's technically not about nature, but about people. Yeah, so for anybody that thought haikus were just about the number of syllables... You've been lied to your entire life, as as was I. Probably because you were raised with a horrible education system that was just like, look, here's this poem from Japan. It's definitely the same as everything else. We're not really going to learn about it or the structure or history. It's just 575, go, we'll do this for like a week at most, maybe, and then you're done. So I'm going to be honest. When I first read the description of this show, and I, this gets to my only like real issue with the show right off the bat here. When I first read the description of the show, I was like, oh, okay, so it's some type of like magic thing or a curse or something. Okay, where, yeah. yeah, like... Something weird supernatural has to be going on here for her to only speak in Sinryu poem. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that demon from DC Comics. Oh, 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 I know his name. Fuck you. Ah! Yeah, that's going to eat at you for the next hour while we, while we record. But yeah, no, I thought, I thought it had to be something like that. Turns out she just has some type of cognitive disorder and I mean, they never address it. More the weirdest fucking affectation ever. But yeah, we never figure out why she does that. At least not in these two episodes, and I assume not in the other ten episodes or so either. Yeah. And it's not like that's a big issue, but it's just weird. Etrigan. His name is Etrigan. He's the demon Etrigan. I was trying to remember one of his poems where he introduces himself. So, yeah. Um, she's not cursed like Etrigan. She just, for some reason, talks in poems. Also, she, we should clarify, she doesn't talk at all. She oh, yeah. writes her poems down in the traditional format, which is top down on like a single thin piece of paper that's like a line of the poem just going from top to bottom yeah i think it's a race board though because like she i would assume just, so, yeah. but we've seen her use like a calligraphy brush on it on more than one occasion which implies she's using ink that i have no idea where that's coming from some of the times a brush and then just pulling more of these out of nowhere maybe it is magic yeah possibly anyways this first episode opens with sakura petals and gentle music mm-hmm. as our protagonist rushes to school. She's putting on her shoes, then she's running to school. And then our camera, this is, like... This is very obviously the I'm late for school montage. Yeah, you would think so, but when we get there, she's not late. Oh, she's running late. Her friend specifically says, did you oversleep again? Yeah, yeah but like, that's, like, it feels more like a personal late than an actual late, because there's, like, several other, like, people behind her. No, it's not like, it's not like she's, like, late. It's like she would be late if she walked. If she, 
if maybe she, if she yeah. didn't run to get there she would be late yeah, but as she's running the camera zooms in slash kind of swings around to the front of her face we zoom into her eye and then there's cherry blossom tree and there's a guy standing underneath it and we see her run up to him yep we then cut to that guy. His name is Eji Busajima. Busajima, yeah. And he has a big bandage on his cheek, and we hear students in the background talking about how apparently the Beast of West Middle School must have gotten in a fight recently. Yep. It, it's him. They're talking about him. Then our main character shows up. She catches up with a friend who chides her for oversleeping again. We will never see this friend again. She appears in this one scene, and that is it. Right? Like, what the fuck? We also learn her name. It's Nanako. Mm-hmm. And we cut to an OP. Well, no, we... See her focus immediately on Edgy, and the screen fades to everyone else not mattering or existing, and then it goes to the OP. About that OP, what'd you think? It's not bad. It's not great. It's upbeat. It's upbeat and catchy. Like, if I knew Japanese, I would probably be saying this to myself for the next four days. I, I, I don't think I would be. I just didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of it. It, it fits the show, but I just don't. I'm not. Do you mean that the show is also upbeat and catchy and non-memorable? Yeah. I just dabbed. So, after the OP, we go to classroom. I do have one thing I want to say about the OP that I really liked about it. There's no spoilers in it. That is true. So many anime, so many shows with openings have spoilers in their openings, and it's fucking awful. Even Law and Order's opening has a spoiler in it. <laughs> two. There are two ty- There are two branches to the criminal justice system. That That's a spoiler, dude. I didn't know that. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Co- when I first watched it, yeah, I did yeah, it. I get you. I was like three or four when I first saw, like can remember seeing an episode of Law and Order. Like if they hadn't spoiled it for you, you thought the episode like wrapped up when they arrested the guy, and then she's like, "Court," and you're like, "What? There's more? That's a spoiler." <laughs> Anyways, okay. we go we go back to the show. Uh, we're in a classroom, and Nanako's just staring out the window, not paying attention to class. And then the teacher calls on her, and she panics and the teachers are like oh yeah you're a mute i forgot you don't talk with some with some severe psychological damage yeah and he's just like you can just write it and so she writes a poem and the poem's just like i i don't know i stopped knowing what was going on like five problems so i'm gonna i'm still hung up on the like writes poems to answer questions and speak thing and I, i so i assumed because in this episode we do see her house yeah and when she comes home, it's just her little brother there. And I was like, oh, they're probably like a one-parent home. Something's happened to the other one. That would explain why she... In You're the next... looking somewhere for some sort of explanation somehow. And in the next episode, we see she has two parents. They're both like at home for dinner and like in the evening. It's not like one of them is working like ridiculous broken hours like Japan is normally represented as. But, like, I have to wonder, like, if she has this loving family that is obviously, like, the way they act around her is, like, fairly loving. Why don't they have her, like, in therapy of some sort? I don't know, man. It's anime. I have to assume someone came up with a conceit somewhere and was just like, I have this idea, but I don't want this to be a drama or heavy or do with any serious issues. So we're just going to... You know, that doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to confront it. We're just going to ignore that there could possibly be issues. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that's fair because it's it's still really weird to me. But yeah, the teacher calls on her. She gets flustered. And then the teacher's like, oh, yeah, you can just write down your answer and then show it to me. And her just like, I, I don't know. I stopped understanding five problems. And she's like, you should have said something five problems ago. I do want to say this is like specifically the only time where her writing her answers down writing her words down is actively played for laughs in these two episodes yeah 
Like, this is the only, like, gag where she's like, I couldn't, I stopped understanding if I, and, like, people laugh mm-hmm. at her more less than with her. Like, otherwise, she's legitimately, like... Everything's fine. Witty and yeah. fun and jokey and, like, a good, like... No one really calls attention to the whole poem thing for the most yeah. part. So we see her walking in the hallway with some peeps, and, you know, they're just talking. And one of them does ask, though, why she always writes things down instead of speaks. And she's just, like, replies, of course, by writing that, well, her thoughts and things are just so jumbled and messy that it's easier this way. And her friend's just like, oh, so having that structure makes it easier. Which is a fine explanation, but she should still probably be in therapy or counseling or... And then they ask minute questions like, well, what if you have to do this or this? And then blah, blah. Yeah. At lunch, the solution is, I mime, I need to do that action and someone gets it. I actually lied. We do see that one friend repeatedly in this episode. Yeah, but not in the second. Yeah. Um, because she's the one she's talking to here and then at, at lunch. lunch. Yeah, at lunch, Nanako freaks out because the choices for lunch are just overwhelming. Well, we do see an instance of her communicating non-verbally, not writtenly, just being like, I point at what I want. I nod my head when you offer me more food. Because I can get bigger helping. And then I get flustered when you offer me like 20 different things with no pause in between to be like, do you want that? To be fair, that's overwhelming for me. Like, Yeah, and the guy doesn't stop for like any answer, which is no matter who you're talking to, whether or not they're responding verbally, non-verbally, whatever, give but, someone a fucking moment to think and respond, Like right? there was this stir-fry place on the campus where I went to school. And the first time I went there, the guy was like, which meat do you want? This one, this one, this one, this one? And like... I had no idea yet. Yeah, I was like, and then he <laughs> he goes from meat he goes from meat to vegetables. He's like vegetables, and like starts going through all of them. I'm like, dude, this is my first time at your like place. I don't know. At like later, I would just show up and like before he could even go anything, I'd be like, uh, I want these two types of chicken and these the, six, the, these vegetables, this and, sauce, and, and this, this type rice. Of rice. Like, and he like and like yeah, like kudos to you. You can fucking get all that down right away. But that's your job, and you're used to it. You know what you have for yeah. options. And it's just like. Dude, you just gave me so much fucking information. Give me a moment to process My it. brain is currently stunned. It's going to need about two seconds to process everything you just said. Yeah. So she gets flustered and runs away, and her friend's just like, she'll just have a normal bowl. Yeah, and like, no, no, she comes back and orders for herself, because then when they're sitting down to eat, she's like, oh, I forgot to oh, tell her. Oh, no, no, her. no, her friend orders it for her, and then she joins them at the table, and she still says the thing about not liking onions, not telling them. But she's not the one that orders it. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's just weird. Right. So she doesn't like onions. Um, then her friend's like, well, you just want to trade? And they trade. That's yeah. that's the end of that, really. Although in the background, and this is, this first episode, like, second episode doesn't have near as much of this issue, these issues. This first episode, man. Because in the background, while this is all going on, there's a group of guys being like, you know, Nanako is really cute. Like, yeah, she's a bit clumsy or maybe a bit airheaded. But she's really cute. Like, one, she's pretty. And... Also, she's nice. And yeah. sure, she's an airhead, but it makes her cuter. And that psychological thing, she disorder she has going on, those cognitive issues she has, definitely makes her more attractive. Mm-hmm. That's not how it's worded, but that's what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not good. I mean, they are middle schoolers. Whether it's something like a cognitive issue, selective mutism for some reason, something caused by trauma, or even if it's, even if it is like the base of all of these, where it's just like a weird, quirky character trait. Like, she chooses, she embraces, she enjoys. I mean, portraying that as airheadedness, why does that make someone cuter? Because you're just being like, they're not good at doing certain things, and it actually makes their life problematic sometimes, but that's cute that they have problems that they have to deal with, that I wouldn't have to do, because I'm not like... I assume it's... I, I'm going to write this off as them just being middle schoolers. Yeah. Like, this has to be a, a thing where, like, they're, like, 
13, 14 years old. I think they're in high school, so they're more like 14, 15. Nope, they're in middle school. Are they? Yeah, because his nickname is the Beast of West Middle. Yeah, but in the flashback where you see him beating guys up, he's in a different uniform. I'm assuming he got that nickname from the middle school he was in, and now they're in a different school. Okay, well, if they're high schoolers, it's a little less acceptable. Yeah, they're like 15. Hmm. But I do think they are first year, so they're still following that edge ring you were saying was kind of yeah. acceptable. Then we zoom out of the cafeteria, and the, the bell rings for period change. It's actually not for period change. In fact, it's time for clubs. The, yeah, it's the end of class. So we cut to Eji in his class, and he's just kind of... It looks like there's water spewing off of his de- like desk, almost as if he's like cartoon crying. And people mention it, and we get no resolution for that. He just sits up and everything's fine. And I have no idea what the fuck they were going for with that. Happens in episode two as well. Yeah, like... Yep. Um, anyways, the classmates are talking about how he's super scary. And then Nanako walks up and he's, oh. he looks at her and he goes, is it time for club already? And she just grabs him and, they, and pulls him out of the yeah, room. Yeah, she nods. He's like, okay, cool. And the two walk off and we learn that they are members of the literature club. Mm-hmm. And that Eji gets his scraps and bruises from playing with and taking care of his little sister. Yeah, and he's like, it's fine though. She's fucking cute. You know, she's at that age where she like rough houses, but it's all fine. Like, I love my sister. She's great. Whatever. However, though, he is very aware that he is intimidating, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really know how to fix the issue. He wants to fix it. He doesn't want to be an intimidating, scary guy, but, like... Yeah, so Nanako has a poem that's basically just, like, smile, smile. more. So he he does, and um, yeah, so it's they, not a smile. They then bump into a friend of Nanako's, and he's like, oh, I don't know this person. I will smile and introduce myself, and I, I will ma- make I a new a, friend. Yeah, I want to make a good impression on one of Nanako's friends. Um, but instead, he only scares her, and she she's like... She runs the fuck off. She literally runs away. We find out because we get to the club room and we're introduced to President Amane. Mm-hmm. And in the club room, as she's like, hey, Pres, I talked to somebody who wasn't Nanako today. And she's yeah. like, oh, you did. Good job. I ha- he actually, He actually says I had a conversation with somebody that wasn't Nanako yeah. today. And she's like, oh, really? How'd that go? And he's like, they ran away. And she's like, that doesn't count as a conversation, Eji. Yeah. <laughs> so then Amane, their club president, she's like, okay, whatever. Let's get on to the theme for the poem. Let's go with spring. Yep. And they're just like, well, what do we do? And Amani's just like, look around, you know, kind of relate what's around to like spring to such. Or is that after they do their initial poems? That's after they do their initial poems because the press is like, well, try introducing yourself through poetry. Like try organizing organizing how you do that. And he does, but it's very, it goes very badly because he tries to fit his entire last name into the last. And he can't, so we just stop at Busu instead of finishing out as Busujima. Nanako also writes a poem here introducing herself, but it's mainly like, hey, go check out my Tumblr. Uh, she actually sponsors her blog to her friends. That's and, what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the best part of this is, is the president's just like, that doesn't make sense. And then they're talking a bit, and we cut back to Nanako, and she's just holding up her sign again. It just has, like, Nanako blog, at blogspot dot circle triangle X. And uh, Mani's just like, wait, you actually have a blog? It's a good joke. Mani then suggests that they write... A scenery about what they can see from their classroom, like yeah. the feelings of spring. So and it's like, just like birds, telephone pole, lights, trees. Yeah, Edges is actually like a traditional, like almost haiku. Because it's, it's about more about nature. nature. Which it, honestly, if you're doing a poem about a season in a 575 format, I'm assuming you're going to get more of a haiku than a scenery, right? And then Nanako's like, I also have a poem about <laughs> what I could see. And she's like, President Amano, bust, da-da-da-da, centimeters. Hips, da-da-da-da centimeters. Waist, da-da-da-da centimeters. Yeah. And, and Amani, at first, is just like, how do you know that? And then she's like, wait a minute. That's not... Okay, and then she gets embarrassed, and she's just like, are you right about that? Yep. This scene was actually funny. Actual, mm-hmm. I, I have in my notes, actual chuckle here. 
Yeah. Um, because it, it was like... It was unexpected. Mm-hmm. We get some more comedic poetry here. And then as she's like, hey, Prez, were you scared when I first joined the club? And then we get a flashback where she's obviously like shaking, scared. And she's like, no, I was just a little nervous. But I quickly learned what type of person you really were. Because the theme for that day was family, and his poem was about his bunny rabbit, his sister, his grandma, and his mom. No. It was about his bunny rabbit, his sister, and his mom. And those are, like, ordered in a really nice way. And then the last one's like, the last one is basically just like, oh, and also my old man. Like, my dad. Also my dad. It's grandpa. It's 100% grandpa. It said also I, my old man, man. I noted it I noted it exactly in the order it said. He goes bunny, you- sister, mom, and grandpa. Sister, bunny, mom, grandpa. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Either way, whatever. Um, but yeah, like he, she, she's like, oh, I, I quickly learned what type of person you were because you have a bunny and you refer to it as a bunny and not a rabbit. Yeah. Which, to be fair, 100% a way to like tell the type of person you're talking to should be like, introduce this animal to me. Like animals with like various different things. Just like, okay, you're going to introduce that to me as like a Rottweiler, a dog, or a doggy. Is that a rabbit, a bunny, or a bunny rabbit? There's a gradating scale. It's an it's 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 an usagi, which is Japanese for bunny. So it's an annoying crying meat bun head. I don't know what the to reference. the moon reference. Oh yeah, is her name really Rabbit? It's Usagi, John. Wild. Unless you're watching the original dub, and it's some fucking stupid name I can't remember anymore. But after they wrap up at club, Nanako and Edgy are walking home together, and they're just you know kind of talking. And she asks him why he joined the club, and we get a flashback to him just beating up this guy. And, like, his final line is an accidental haiku. Well, it's an... Yeah, where he talks about how he would trade his fists. Yeah, it's an accidental scenario, but it's an accidental poem. He, he talks about how he wants, to, he, would, like, he wants to stop fighting yeah. and would trade his fists if he could just live a life of smiles and laughter. Yeah, and it's an accidental poem. He's just like, it sounded cool. I liked it. I wanted more of them. Basically, he had a badass moment, and then he was like, poetry. I'm going to live in this fucking moment the rest of my life. Yeah. And while they're walking home after he's told her this, they're spotted by some other students. And once the students, like, recognize Eji, they run away. Yeah. And he's like... They're not even students from their school. Yeah, he's like, you really shouldn't walk too close to me. Other people will get the wrong ideas. And she's like, I don't care. I just want to be with you. And he's like, you know, that could be interpreted romantically, right? I mean, obviously, like, she's almost basically straight, straight up confesses to him. But he is one dense motherfucker, as is standard in anime. And so she just gets embarrassed, and he's like, you got to watch how you phrase this. Man, that's a fucking great band name. One Dense Motherfucker. They're a ska band. I would go to their show. <laughs> yeah. And then the episode basically just ends with, well, she's now flustered, so she's just like... Well, no. Nanako gets home, and her little brother asks her about the thug that joined her club, and she says, he's bad at talking. Well, she writes, he's bad at talking, and when he smiles, girls run away, which is still a 575 poem. I have no notes on this part. Continue. And then she smiles because, like, she's obviously happy to be able to connect with somebody who also has trouble communicating. Yeah. Because, obviously, that's her, as a character, that's her crucible. That's that's the conflict she has with the world is she has trouble communicating. And similarly, Eji has trouble communicating with the world. The, the reasons why are different. He it's His difficulty is because he's a badass that beat the shit out of a bunch of people. Her yeah. difficulty is some type of trauma that we never learn about. But yeah, they both result in similar issues. Um, then we get to the ending song, and it starts pretty slow. 
I was initially like, oh, this is exactly what I expected out of a show like this. But then it gets pretty cool, and it's building, and it's nice, and, and then, then it's over. Yeah, then it, like, it just suddenly kicks the fuck in. It's like, I'm a fucking badass song. And then 20 seconds later, it's like, fades out. Yeah, these aren't a uh, full minute 30 intros. They're like a minute long. Um, so you got your episode one take. Uh, yeah, I mean, the show is pretty good. Like, it's not bad. It's not great. It has some pretty good actual funny moments in it for a show that's 15 minutes long. Uh, 17, 18. Yeah, I'm talking about on average, looking just at this episode and the next one, like 15 minutes on average. That's fine. Like, it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's fairly enjoyable. I, I do kind of wonder how it was syndicated though, right? Because like time slots are typically are typically done in like either 15, 30, or hour long time slots. And you can't put this in a 15 minute time slot because it'll run over. Is that how time slots work in foreign countries? It is how time slots work in Japan. Okay. I would assume then it gets paired up with like three minute long anime stuff like that. Okay, like, so you like... You throw in some shorts there. Okay, that, that makes sense. I was like, you can't put it in the 15 minute slot because it runs over. And if you put it in the 30 minute slot, you got 12 minutes of commercials, which on the on the one hand is a very good way to pay for your anime. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's just where you throw in your other shorts that you have. Yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry to interrupt your thoughts on the show. Oh, no, I was done. It's oh. pretty good for a 15 minute show. It's not bad. Um. Yeah, I liked it too. The kind humor's enjoyable. I like the characters. Uh, the, my only real issue is I assume the show has zero, like, plans to explain anything to do with why the main character writes in Sinryu's. No, the entire plot of this story is how to make the dense guy realize she likes him. Oh, yeah, I got that by episode two. Yeah, but would... I'm also a semi-dense motherfucker. Wait, wait, it took you episode two? Uh, I mean, I, I like, I thought there would, I thought that the plot might focus more on the Sinryu. No. But obviously, it's no. just a romantic comedy. No, no, no. We use a gimmick to get you here, and then repeat shoujo tropes. Hey, they got some. They got some twist on the classic tropes. But yeah, no. Um, I like it. I like that her whatever it is isn't like strictly played for laughs. Like, doesn't like make her the butt of all the jokes. Which honestly, coming from anime, could definitely see that being a thing. Where like, yeah, she's just played for jokes. She's a punchline for every like joke in this episode or something. Punchline's a different show. But that's not what we get here. So yeah, I liked it. All right then, Senior Girl episode two, entitled "Poem Two: Nanako's Diet." Yeah, I will say the title of the show and what the episode were, were about didn't like click in my mind correctly because I thought Nanako's diet, not like she's going on a diet, but this is what Nanako eats. I don't know why my brain was oh, like. I mean, you could have also thought like. This is her diet method. She's going to start up with, like, this weird scheme and everything to fleece people for money. I mean, I don't know how you didn't realize, but it's not the worst, like, assumption ever. I thought it was a noun, not a verb in the title. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the episode starts with Eji sleeping at his desk, or it looks like he's crying again. Yeah. Students comment on it, but, like, he's obviously, like, sleeping. Um, when his older sister busts into his classroom because he forgot his gym clothes at home. This causes a corresponding freakout from him. And honestly, he should have freaked out a little more here. Because we learn later she's not actually his sister. I mean, it's not that weird. That, that she just randomly had his gym clothes or knew he didn't have his gym clothes with him? I mean, their childhood friends, like, anime makes it... Like, this is a classic anime trope of being like, I assume she is, like, next door neighbor... And okay. so close, they're basically siblings, which is why she insists he calls her big yeah. sister, because that's, you know, just a... Yeah, so she, he freaks out because she's embarrassing him, and after she finally leaves, all the guys in his class are like, 
Whoa, the beast of West, West Middle High, West Middle School has a smoking hot sister with big boobs. That's a that's a direct quote. Smoking yeah. hot sister with big boobs. Yeah, Quotation marks. Not my thoughts. The anime's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we go to the opening. Yep, which is actually still good, but not memorable. Yeah. And then it's Edgy, Nanako, and Amane are in their club room. And the theme for poems today is help Edgy Busujima become more popular. That is the full name for the theme written on the board. Can I stop you? Yeah. This is, this is at least the third or fourth time it's happened. Every time you say Edgy and another noun after it, I think you're saying Edgy. And like, I thought you just said Edgy Nanako. And I was like, what about her is Edgy? No, no, no. And, um... Then also noted on the board is this, the request for the theme of help Edgy Busujima become more popular was requested by Edgy Busujima. Yep. So Amani talks about how Edgy just can't seem to shake off this scary persona. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, I, I think I'm a pretty nice guy. And Nanako just kind of nods her head along like, yeah, you are. And then she has both, then she being Amani has both Nanako and Edgy write poems about how about Edgy being a nice guy. Yeah, good things about him. And they both do terrible jobs. Edgy's poem doesn't use any direct nouns about it, but we get images for it. And it's basically just him splitting a popsicle and being like one of those popsicles that have two sticks on it. And you know that shitty thing that happens when you split one and one just like steals the upper half of the other one? Yeah. He's like, the poem is basically, I'm such a good person. I give you the one that stole the half of the other one and I keep the shitty popsicle. Edgy's poem is lame is what Justice is saying. Yeah. And um, and Nanako's poem is is indecipherable and also lame because uh, her her poem's like the the second biggest disconnect between personality and how people see you is edgy. I'm I was fairly certain only edgy was the one we got a poem from here. And then Amane talks about how there is a fucking school site. No, that's a that's a Nanako poem. Okay. Nanako writes a poem about how there's a school site showing your rankings, and if we no were... no it's Amane because Amane brings it back up later when his sister shows up. There's an actual school site apparently that exists that ranks the gap between people's perception and the club no, they joined. That's not an actual part of the site. The site itself just ranks you academically. Amane, I guess if it's Amane, not not because Amane go... does bring it back up later. Whoever made the poem about him being compared to that was saying. If there was a site that would rank people based on on perception versus club, he would be at number two. And we don't know who number one is for some reason. And even it seems Amane doesn't know who number one is right now. That's why I was fairly certain it wasn't a thing for the thing thing. It's specifically laid out as if as a what if thing. And it's also laid out as a poem in the 575 format. It's a weird moment. I'm not entirely certain about that, but whatever. Either way, we get the concept of... Out of the two of us, which which one of us just watched it? Out of the two of us, which one wasn't half fucking asleep when they watched it? Anyways. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, then Amane asks Nanako if there's anything about Neji that she would... That could use some improvement in her eyes. And, and her first thought is, no, nothing about him needs improvement. He's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and so Amane's like, if you had to... And then Nanako is just like... I mean, when he gets focused, his eyes roll back in his head. When he's deep in thought, his eyes roll back. And Edgy's like, no, they fucking don't. And Amani's like, yeah, they do. And it's also really creepy. He's like, no, I can't think of a single time he's focusing on his eyes roll back. And he's like, it's happening right now. He's like, and then Edgy's like, well, I guess I'm just not a likable person. And then Nanako's like, no, you are. Here's all the great things about you. It's more poems that are just listing times he has split food or drinks with someone and given them the larger half. No, it's specifically about when he splits stuff with her yeah. and gives her the larger part. Yeah, yeah. He's, she's like, when you split a donut with me, 
You give me just up, just over half, and you take the smaller part. When you share a drink with me, you give yourself a third of the drink, and me like two thirds of the drink. Yeah. yeah. And as she's like finishing talking about how he's really good at sharing, mm-hmm. um, which is what it boils down to, both Edgy and Amane start nodding, and he's like nodding. He's like, "Man, I really am lame." Yeah. And then enter Koto Otsuki, yeah, also she- known as the girl who introduced herself as. Edgy's big sister to his class earlier today. Yep. It should be noted that if she hadn't busted into the room at this moment, we were totally going to continue this self-deprecation fest that was going on. Yeah. Because he was 100% going to continue on with the, I am really lame. Yeah. So this is where we learn that Koto is actually Edgy's childhood friend. Mm -hmm. She's two years older than him, which is also, if the people in the background were like 14, that would put them at like the top end of middle school. So he wouldn't be able to be in the same school mm, as her unless and, it was an integrated middle and high school which does yeah. exist but whatever yeah so she shows up and she's like how's your day been how are you have you talked to people uh, are you and feeling he's like, okay cut the crap and go home and she's like i am your big sister and he's like no you're not you're my you're, you're my childhood friend and she's like well i changed your diapers and he's like that's physically impossible you're two years older than me and she's like, I did it anyways. And then she begins to fuss over him, making sure he's not sick yeah. and that he's sleeping and that he's paying attention to class. And Amane and is straight up in Transpire. The club presence just like, ooh, person. Nanako's the one in Transpire. Amane's in Trans. Nanako then starts a conversation about inviting her to for tea. Do you have that backwards? No, because that tea thing is done in a poem. You 100% have that backwards. I do not. It's not done in a poem. So we took a quick break to check on some things, and it turns out I was completely wrong about everything. So the website... It's an actual episode that the school has for some fucking reason. It is Amane talking about it. And um, then they talk about something called Moe Gap, which I don't know what that is. Gap Moe, which I think I mentioned before, was like, I thought it was a thing. which like someone seems like they don't do something, but then they do that. So the gap between personality and actuality is like cute because Moe means cute. I don't. I don't understand it, but. So Gap Moe is the entire selling point of something like baby metal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I am understanding Although I was completely wrong, so my notes are basically useless. I'm yeah. throwing my phone away with my notes on it right now. So Gap Moa is, I had very strong preconceived notions about who you are and what you did, and you proved them wrong. That's cute. So it's basically Baby Beard. Lady Baby? Lady Beard? No. Lady Beard Party? No, the new band, Baby Beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot the new one. But yeah, yeah. Lady Baby too. Same thing. I'm, I'm talking about Lady Beard. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't know who Lady Beard is, Google him. He's a wrestler. He's really cool. He also makes music and is really cool. Yeah. And he's also been in movies and shit and is really cool. He's just really cool. He was a Hong Kong action movie star for a while. Mm-hmm. His life is a fucking wild ride. Yeah. So um, Nanako invites Koto to join them for tea and uh, Koto's just like, I have club though. And so Amane asks Koto what club she is in. And Koto is part of the American Armed Forces Combative Club. Do I know what that club means? No. Do I feel like it's probably a bad club? I mean, it's definitely a club that fetishizes America's fetishization of combat. Yeah, which just feels like a bad thing. Like, why do you want to make that more of a thing? But then we see the whole podium standing again that we saw when we learned that there Edgy. is an actual website that yeah. ranks Moe Gap that is tied to the school. Jesus Christ. And Ga- so Edgy it, is Gap number Moe. two, yeah. and Koto is number one for Gap Moe. But I would like to point out, it's not just general Gap Moe. It is clearly Gap Moe only measured in the in the terms of what you appear as and the club you join, not anything outside of that. Yep. I don't understand it. 
Anyways, after club, Eji and Nanako are once again walking home together. Mm-hmm. And Anako asks if Eji has a girlfriend. He is initially very shocked by this question because yeah. that's such a like invasive question. But, you know, she's kind of interrupted at the end of her sentence by her own stomach. And then as she starts making fun of her for farting. Yeah. And he's just like, eventually he's just like, it's fine. Everybody does it. You want to grab some food? And yeah. So they get lunch, dinner, something together. Yeah. We got, we have them both with Mills in front of them and hers has onions on it. And he's like, I thought you didn't like onions. And she's like, I am trying to conquer my fears. What's this? Some character growth in an anime that doesn't take 12 seasons in a fucking movie? I feel like you're talking about Bleach. <laughs> I'm talking about Dragon Ball Z as well. <laughs> or Bleach or One... Is it a big shonen? I'm probably bashing it at the moment. Okay. Does, does One Piece have movies? I legitimately don't know. I think so. Who knows? Probably. I think One Piece is literally just an endless, an endless amount of episodes. Fine then. I'm making fun of Naruto. That's fair. I know that one has movies. <laughs> that is fair. But so they finish eating and she goes to order more food and Edgy's just like, he mentions that she eats a lot and she's putting on. Yeah, which is insanely rude. And there is nothing in the animation to even suggest that she is putting on weight at all. Yeah. So she just sets the menu down and then we cut to the next morning where she is. It's probably probably the next night. Well, no, because the first line we get of spoken dialogue is Donako breakfast oh. so it's the next morning and she's just looking i just at assumed they were having breakfast for dinner i'm gonna defend my stance <laughs> on this one okay sure but she's looking at herself in the mirror worried she's called for breakfast but maybe it's breakfast for dinner maybe it's breakfast for lunch maybe they're eating breakfast for a light afternoon snack or maybe it's a midnight snack i think it's like two in the morning and they're having their like pre-breakfast her father goes into work really fucking early so i was like no we are having a family meal together Breakfast is the only one that works. You're all fucking waking up at 2 a.m. to go back to bed right after this, but you're eating with your father, and then you're fucking going to bed, and then you're waking up and going to school. God damn it. Can't we just have a nice family meal for once? Anyways, dad's sitting on the couch in the living room watching something on TV, mm-hmm. and Nanaka goes in the kitchen and asks her brother, hey, do I look like I'm, I'm getting fat to you? And the moment her father hears this, he does the whole classic, like, immediately becomes washed How out. How does he hear this? I don't know. The man, I assume, was just not actually paying attention. He's just like, oh, wait, my children are co- my children are going to talk. Let's ease her up on them. Everything else. No, no, no. How does he hear this when she doesn't talk? That, that was my question. Oh, yeah. Good point. I, 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 I uphold that she does talk, but she only reads her poetry. I mean, that's only that has to make sense, right? That's that's exactly what I thought since the very first moment we were introduced to this gimmick. But but the, the like description of the gimmick is that she doesn't talk. She just writes it. Anyways, he overhears them ca- talking. And, and he just immediately is like, why, why does it matter if she's losing? Like, oh my god, is she interested in a boy? And it cuts off before you can like really and, delve deep. And then her brother's like, "You eat more than a sumo wrestler. Obviously, you're you're getting fat." He doesn't actually say she's getting fat. She, he just says, "Well, no, no." He says initially, like, I, "I don't know if you're getting fat, but you eat more than a sumo wrestler." Should we note He doesn't just say you eat more than a sumo wrestler. He specifically mentions that she eats more than a sumo wrestler in training. Mm-hmm. Which I assume eats more than a sumo. Yeah, wrestler. because they're trying to bulk up and yeah. increase their weight so they can get into their whatever desired weight classes. That's cool. Then Nanako asks Amane about diets, and Amane's like, I mean, "Yeah, no, I'm no, doing." Oh. There's a great part though when her brother starts to mention that he's still talking, and he gets cut off because she holds up her card where she normally writes off, and she just has anger eyes drawn over it, and she's holding it above her face, and it was like great. And she's like, "What's that?" Also for? in the background, Dad is still spiraling in like the dark blue, yeah. like existential panel. Yeah, and then her mother's just like, "You don't got to worry about that. You're still growing." And, you know, she just worriedly takes a bite of jam with some toast on it, and then we got to school stuff. And then at school, Nanako asks Amane about diets, and Amane's like, yeah, I've done tons of diets. And then she's like, 
which boy are you trying to impress, Nanako? And Nanako's like, I'm not trying to impress a boy. I'm trying to impress you. Well, immediately, though, Nanako's mind, we see like a little thought yeah. bubble and it's edgy. And immediately, Amane is just like, it's edgy. And she's like, no, no, I'm trying to impress you, Amane-senpai. And Amane's like... Amane's just like, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, uh, yeah. then Amane's like, well, I wouldn't mind. I have in my final take on this episode, Amane is definitely coded as LGBTQ. No issue with that. It's weird to see in an anime. Eh. Not so much anymore. I would say it's still weird to see outside of a shonen. You watch the wrong shows, but... Maybe I just... I watch a bunch of sports anime, so... Yeah, it's mainly just guys being bros and broing out. I mean... You could watch Free, though. I don't remember... Or Yuri on Ice. Which one is Free? Free, Iwatobi Swim Club. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't actually know how much of that is LGBTQ and how much of that... Is fanfic? Is fanfic, All I know about Free is that there's a bunch of fanfic. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so she's like... Well, I wouldn't mind that, but you're lying. Yeah. So then we cut to Nanako, and she's now talking to Koto. Who she's met once, and I mm-hmm. don't understand why she goes to her directly for advice on this. Yeah, so she's asking Koto about weight loss, and Koto's just like, you don't need to lose weight. And then she's like, wait, the diet's for edgy, right? And she's like, no. And then Koto's just like, you're adorable. <laughs> so Koto's like, don't worry about a diet, I will train you. Yeah, so we cut you outside, and at first Koto is just, having nanako do some push-ups by some push-ups i mean she struggles to do one. Oh yeah sit-ups by I'm which right I, this time yeah you're right it even says sit up in my notes i just changed it to push-ups <laughs> for some reason so nanako struggles to do a single sit-up which somehow endears her to koto because koto just immediately tackles her and hugs her and like is like calling her cute and legitimately adorable. this is the first glomp i've seen in like i don't know close to a decade it has been a while since i've seen a glomp yeah. Weird. Except for the one I used for a gift that I'm using. <laughs> but yeah, um, then we cut from that glomp hug to... Edgy stepping outside and he sees them training, you know? He's like, okay, cool, cool. No, 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 no. We don't, he doesn't see them training. He sees Nanako coming at Koda with a stick and well, Koda fucking at like... At first, he just kind of sees them. He's wondering what they're doing. He's just like... Because he's wondering why Nanako's not around. She's like, oh, they're just like working out. You could have... She could have told me that. And then he sees it's Nanako coming at Koda with like a stick... And Koda, like, climbs up Nanako's arm and, like, wraps her legs around her head. First she backflips over her, then jumps, lands with her legs on her shoulder, like, she's sitting on top of her shoulders, and wraps her arm around her neck and just falls backwards. She's like, and that's how you snap a guy's neck if he comes at you with a knife. And off screen, Edgy's just like, what is she teaching her? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, then he ends up rushing over because he freaks out, Mm -hmm. and he's like, what are you doing, Koda? And she's like, it's a secret, I can't tell you. And then she immediately tells him, she's like, yeah. obviously she's doing this for you, dummy. And he's like, "And what? He, his conclusion is that, oh shit, Nanako wants to kill me. Yeah, which I mean, justifiably given what that interaction was and what he has seen. <laughs> and it looked like an extreme self, self-defense course or like just how to kill someone course. I feel like in that phrase, he's like, yeah, no, apparently I'm just wanted dead. We then jump to a week later, as she is sitting in the club room, mm-hmm. nobody else is in there, Nanako comes in, and she has a really serious face, and he's like, oh no, and he starts backing up, Yeah, and he's like, please don't kill me. He literally says, please, please don't, don't kill, kill me. me. She then grabs him by the wrist, and puts his hand against her stomach. And she's like, does it feel flattering? And he's like, what? What? I don't know, I've never touched a girl's stomach before. And while they're doing this, Amane spine on, on them from the hall, mm-hmm. and then Kodo catches her spine on them from the hall. And then we cut to Koto and Amane walking home together. 
Yeah. And Amane asks Koto why she doesn't have a boyfriend because, yeah, because you know, she's, she's a pretty popular, face, she's a nice figure, she's popular, she's cute. Uh and Koto's like, if I didn't know better, it sounded like you were hitting on me, Prez. And Amane's like, Don't get the wrong idea, but I totally would. That mm-hmm. wasn't the question I asked though. And then Koto's just like, I don't know why you're saying that. I'm not that great. And then Amane's like, Is it because you already like somebody? And Koto's like, No. And even if there was things are better this way. And we flash back to her talking to a young edgy and, you know. And then she kind of dashes off ahead of mm-hmm. Amana and she's like, anyways, I'm his big sister. It's close enough. Yeah. And, and that's the end of the episode. Well, we see the rest of the flashback, but it's just him being like vaguely rude with language and her being like, treat me with respect. Anyways, that brings us to the end of this episode, the end of these two episodes, the end of this anime, the last episode of this anime I will ever watch in my life. Not because it's terrible, because it's very mid. Agreed. Very, very mid. I like the characters, though. Yeah. Honestly, Coda feels like a break from the norm to me. Like, typically I feel in romantic comedy animes like this, she would end up being, like, the jealous best friend from childhood that'd be, like, super obsessed about... If she was the obsessive super best friend who was jealous because they were childhood friends and she loves them, she wouldn't have been introduced until at least episode three. (laughs) Just... (laughs) Instead, she's just like, yeah, no, I'm really happy for him. And also, Amane is definitely an LGBTQ character in an anime, and other than ones played for jokes, I can't think of any off the top of my head. The only one I can think of, like, right off the top of my head, are the twins from Oron Host High School, Oron Host Club, which are never, like, explicitly said, but are heavily implied, and the girl from Bleach, and that's it. That's where I'm at right now. And they're all played for jokes. Oh, those characters are, yeah, definitely. But yeah, um... It is a little sad, though, that uh, just after one passing comment, Nanako's, like, entire self-esteem is completely shattered, and, like, yep. she feels like she has to diet. Like, I don't know if that's, like, just a Japanese thing, or if that's, like, an American thing, too. I don't know. Like, I know people, like, will try to make themselves better for people that they, like, have feelings for, and, like, that's a thing, even in American culture. I don't know. But, like, I ha- I'm very apathetic and have just the fact that decent sense of self-esteem. Just, like, the fact that she, like, barely mentions Daya and her dad spirals because he assumes she's yeah. interested in a boy. Like, that feels like it must be very, like, just steeped in Japanese culture. Mm. I just don't know. Anyways, the show's okay. Um, I like the characters a lot. It's funny. It's a little weird because of the, like, conceit of the show. But, yeah. I'll never come back to it, but it's cute. I like the characters. So I'm actually surprised at, despite the conceit, actually, that one of our main characters only communicates in 575 Sabalic form. It doesn't flow that awkwardly with her when she's communicating with people, unless you are watching some weird fever dream of the episode, in which case the other people who don't make sense are her. Um, (laughs) But no, everything, like when she interacts, it doesn't make the dialogue flow weird. It fits with the dialogue well which is neat but uh my favorite thing hands down about the show isn't even really involved with the animation the direction or any of that the description for each episode on crunchyroll is done in a haiku format oh yeah that or was, is in a scenery format yeah that, that that was actually really cool yeah you know what else was really cool the fact that on high dive when you have captions on <laughs> if you're watching on a television high you dive, can watch on your phone and it doesn't do it high dive is like i know you like captions so i put captions on your captions on your captions yeah, I don't know why. It might just be the type of TV we have in addition to it. The first the first sin, but, the first scenario in the uh, show um is eight blocks of text because they repeat the first line, second line, 
three times and the third line twice. It takes up half the screen. The third line only gets twice because it runs out of room between how low the formatting will let captions. Yep, that's the best part of this show is that High Dive doesn't know how to do captions on a television. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But overall, the show is definitely pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I would say if you're looking for a short rom-com, give it a shot. It's like 12 episodes, I think. And One season, yeah. 15-ish minutes on average, I would say. Personally, I'm not coming back to it, but you know, it wasn't the worst. How does one do plugs? Well, you see, plugs. There, there's an art to plugs, and it goes like this. If you would like to contact us in any way, shape, or form, first of all, everything we'll mention from here on in can be found on our website at copilotsreview.com. .simplecast.com. But if you want to get more personal, directly in touch with us, we have both an email address and a Twitter. You can find our Twitter by just searching at CopilotReview on Twitter. Or, or you can email us at CopilotReview at gmail.com. But we also have a Discord and a YouTube, both of which are on that aforementioned website. Yep. This has been Copilots. Thank you for flying with us. Please fly again soon.